0: You're listening to Wikisleep, a podcast designed to help you relax and unwind through calm, quiet storytelling. I'm your host, Adrian Sala. Today's story is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Chapter 1. Marley's Ghost. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Mind, I don't mean to say that I know of my own knowledge what there is particularly dead about a doornail. I might have been inclined myself to regard a coffin nail as the deadest piece of ironmongery in the trade, but the wisdom of our ancestors is in the smile and my unhallowed hands shall not disturb it, or the country's done for. You will therefore permit me to repeat emphatically that Marley was dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead. Of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he were partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole assign, his sole residuary legatee, his sole friend and sole mourner. And even Scrooge was not so dreadfully cut up by the sad event, but that he was an excellent man of business on the very day of the funeral and solemnized it with an undoubted bargain. The mention of Marley's funeral brings me back to the point I started from. There is no doubt that Marley was dead. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the story I am about to relate. If we were not perfectly convinced that Hamlet's father died before the play began, there would be nothing more remarkable in his taking a stroll at night, in an easterly wind, upon his own ramparts, than there would be in any other middle-aged gentleman, rashly turning out after dark in a breezy spot, say St. Paul's Churchyard for instance, literally to astonish his son's weak mind. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood, years afterward, above the warehouse door, Scrooge and Marley. The firm was known as Scrooge and Marley. Sometimes, people new to the business called Scrooge Scrooge, and sometimes Marley, but he answered to both names, it was all the same to him. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scrapping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint, from which no steel had ever struck out generous fire. Secret and self-contained, and solitary as an oyster, The cold within him froze his old features, nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheek, stiffened his gait. Made his eyes red, his thin lips blue, and spoke out shrewdly in his grating voice. A frosty rhyme was on his head, and on his eyebrows, and on his wiry chin. He carried his own low temperature always about with him. He iced his office in the dog days and didn't thaw at one degree at Christmas. External heat and cold had little influence on Scrooge. No warmth could warm, no wintry weather could chill him. No wind that blew was bitterer than he no falling snow was more intent upon its purpose, no pelting rain less open to entreaty. Foul weather did not know where to have him. The heaviest rain and snow and hail and sleet could boast of the advantage over him in only one respect. They often came down handsomely and Scrooge never did. Nobody ever stopped him in the street to say, with gladsome looks, My dear Scrooge, how are you? When will you come to see me? No beggars implored him to bestow a trifle. No children asked him what it was a o'clock. No man or woman ever once in all his life inquired by the way to such and such a place of Scrooge. Even the blind men's dogs appeared to know him, and when they saw him coming, would tug their owners into doorways and up courts, and then would wag their tails as though they said, no eye at all is better than an evil eye, dark master.